Welcome back to another episode of Fight Hard, Love Much. It's good to be back. Like I said, I'm not the counselor and I'm not a psychiatrist, but I really appreciate and honored to those who are willing to ask questions. And I'm always willing to to visit or talk or hear your concerns. So thank you again for joining us. Uh, We survived. For those who have followed along in each podcast, we made it through our family reunion. It was fabulous. It went better than I could have expected. Um, The weather was beautiful, and it was just a great time spending time with, with my family and um, all my loved ones. So I'm, I was super excited. Monday, I was on this big high of how things had gone and had all this energy. Last week, I was in the counselor and told him what was what I was in charge of and, and kind of the stress level of it and how the last few weeks, it just seems like it's been one thing after another. And so he said, you know, you got to make sure that you're going to put in some intentional recovery after this, when that stress finally drops and and I kind of thought he was a little bit crazy, but my husband and I were trying to find some time to go and spend together since things have been a little nuts. And But I was feeling so good on Monday and thinking, oh, this is so great. By about Tuesday or Wednesday, I could feel the, the crash coming. And I realized that even for Sam's birthday, during all this speaking of mental illness and talking about Sam and planning this reunion... Constantly being reminded, which I never forget, Sam, I never not think about him every few minutes, it seems like, of the day. But all of a sudden, it came crashing that I just really missed my Sam. I missed him not being at the reunion. I I was so busy up there being in charge and doing everything that I didn't have a chance to miss him. But when I got home, I really missed my Sam. And I could feel the, the ache and the pain creep back in to where it, it was difficult to get out of bed yesterday. And I almost felt sick, and maybe some of it was exhaustion, but I just, I missed him. I missed him being up there, making all the cousins laugh, and being the weird Sam's. Uh, Spencer had a really difficult time up there, and we're not quite sure. There were lots of factors going into it, but if he felt anything like I felt, he was missing his big brother. And at one point, he did say something about missing, missing Sam up there, wanting to be like Sam at the reunion. And so, um, you know, it's always a few steps forward and then a step back. But last week, I had a friend reach out who asked me my thoughts on grief and and how I've handled grief over the last few years. And so her question kind of stemmed, and then this yesterday kind of breakdown. So I've thought a lot about grief, and Spencer, Brian, and I have had attended a grief support group after two years um, in May a couple times, and I knew grief was always there, But and you hear about grief, and you hear the stages of grief, but it wasn't until this question that I kind of really thought about the grief. A few months ago, I had a sweet widower who had lost her husband just a few months before Sam asked me, when is, when is it going to get better? When is the pain going to get better? When is it going to stop hurting so much? And I can't, I, I can't imagine, I know the, the loss of losing a child and how sad that makes me as the mom. And, but I, I don't know that feeling of losing your spouse 
and being alone. And I just looked at her and gave her a big hug. And I said, oh, I wish I knew when it gets better. But we hear about the five stages, how they talk about the five stages of grief, which the first being denial or shock. And I I don't think that that's a surprise. I remember the, the minute they came back, Spencer was the first to come back and tell us. And poor Spence, being nine years old and not knowing how to tell your mom that your brother is gone. And I just remember screaming and to say, no, 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 don't you dare have done this. And and so the shock and the denial over the next few days and even weeks as, you know, it comes back and how can this be happening? Is this a bad dream? Just wake up. And then the the anger and the frustration and irritation and anxiety of all of it steps in and just being mad about it and this whole situation. Bargaining, struggling to find meaning, reaching out to others, trying to make sense of the whole situation. Depression, just being overwhelmed and helpless, just the sadness. And then moving on to acceptance. And when I first read that and kind of looked at it, and I, I've heard these stages of grief, but it wasn't until this question last week. And so I was kind of looking up the five stages of grief or what, what is said about grief. And I saw acceptance on there and I thought, well, that's a load of crap <laughs> because no, I don't want to accept Sam being gone. I don't want to move on. I, I feel like if, if I accepted that, then, then I'm forgetting Sam. And so then I looked at it a little bit closer and some other meanings and it said new plan moving on which I don't I don't like that moving on I feel guilty about that one exploring options and finding hope and I guess maybe I'd like that finding hope better than acceptance at, at least at, at this point in my grieving process that looking for that hope sounds a whole lot more happy than just accepting that he's gone. So those are the five that you see lots of places. But I had Spence into a counselor a few months ago. I liked her description of it a little bit better because you hear these five and you I've seen lots of graphs about it and it seems like then you're supposed to be done, right? After the acceptance and you're moving on and you're looking for a new plan or new option, then you should be done. Somebody who's experienced this kind of grief would agree with me on this, I think, because I don't feel like it just ends there because there's still lots of days that I have anger towards Sam and the situation. There's still lots of days, including this week, that I'm still in shock that this is still true and we're two years past. Um, But how can that be true that he's gone forever? I've had a hard time with these five steps of grief, because it sounds like, oh, once you're through it, then you should be fine and move on. And it's not that easy. But Spencer's counselor, I really liked it. And I I could not find it on the internet. And she wrote it down for us somewhere. And I've lost that paper. But it's a new graph of grief. And instead of it being either a line or even a bumpy line with these different stages, it's a spiral. And at the bottom, it starts out Um, And it goes through these steps, and it keeps going. And so these steps just keep going, and and it kind of gets wider and wider, like they don't come as often. 
but it's almost like a leveling and you still have those steps and you still have a denial or you still have a shock or you still have anger at some point. It might get less and less and doesn't happen as often, but it's, it's, it is a constant stages that we're going through. And I like that. I like that visual of it more than just a line and a graft or a bumpy road, because to me, those, it doesn't stop. Yes, the, the new plan comes into play. Hope comes into play. Exploring options come into play. But I don't, I don't know if I will ever accept Sam being gone. And I don't want to totally accept him being gone. I would like to um, come up with a new plan and new options. And of course, I want to have hope. But right now, I don't know of accepting Sam um, not being here. I've appreciated the thought of, of her question to me on how have I handled grief, because I don't know if I've ever thought about that very much. And it's given me an opportunity to think about it. So I also was thinking, how do I even handle grief, which I'm sure I'm not very good at. I don't know if anybody is really good at it. You know, we all have different things that that we might go through the grief process. I know that when I had my miscarriage, I remember going through the five steps and and coming back to them at different times in my life when I was sad that I was not going to be able to have kids anymore. And so it kind of brought back those those memories of grief. Maybe it's a job loss that we are expecting or would like, and it doesn't happen, or um, the loss of a friend, or, or even um, relationships and going through the grief. Just even a few months ago, was trying out a uh, a possible job option. I was I went into it thinking if it happens that's great if not that's my answer to go in another direction and and look for the new opportunities that are out there. And so I went into it all positive but when they actually came back and said no uh, we're not going to hire you on the all of the five steps of grief happened. At first, I was kind of in shock because I knew I would be good at it. That sounds really cocky, but it was something that I knew I could be really good at. And then the sadness came in and kind of the denial. All of the steps happened in the depression of, and I kind of kept telling myself, you went into this thinking, if it happened, it happened. If it didn't, that's okay, we'll move on. But when it actually didn't go how I thought it would. The five steps of grief played a, played a part in that. But on those five steps, I was able to, at the end, take the acceptance that I wasn't and be able to move on and make a new plan. And so that grief process, you know, could have been that straight line that I talked about, because then I could hit the acceptance part and to move on and to make a new plan and new opportunities. So all of us experience different grief over different things. Sometimes it's easy to go through the five steps and move on and take the acceptance and find that new road and new hope. Ones like losing a loved one or other really difficult situations don't always go so easy and aren't that straight line that at the end we accept and move on. But it's that spiral that takes, kind of comes back over and over and over again. But I thought, okay, so when I'm in that spiral, how do I handle that grief? And I like to really shut down and I don't want to talk about it. I stay in my little mind and my mind goes 
crazy and I just want I just want to absorb it. He's become much better, especially since Sam has been gone. That when he knows when I have gone a few days of kind of just being in my own mindset, then he calls me out and and says, you, you got to talk, you got to let it out. Then all the emotions flood through and but then I can move on to the next step. He's becoming much more aware of when I'm stuck. And once I can talk about it, or even just cry or let the emotions out, I can move on almost to the next step. A lot of times when I know things are not feeling well, and I'm back in that initial shock and denial and sadness, I let myself pretty much stay in bed if I need to doesn't always happen that way. I still have Spence at home to take care of. And so I do have to, to work with him or grandkids come over. But if I know I'm in that space and physically it hurts and physically I'm checked out, I allow myself that day or a few days. Last week, it was most of the week and, and went about seven days of difficult times and I'll let myself do that. And I don't know if that's right or wrong. This is all new to me. And, and when we first lost Sam, we had people come over who talked about, don't let anybody tell you how to grieve. That everybody is going to grieve different. Your husband will grieve different. Your children will grieve different. different. And so that's really stuck with me because that's not how my husband grieves. But that's how I do. There's other days that I know it might be a bad day. Or I'm really sad and instead I just want to go outside and work as hard as I can possibly work outside physically just to not think about it and to just kind of let the body work it out. So there's lots of different ways. Sometimes it's just getting lots of Diet Cokes through the day and chocolate. So everybody is different and I don't think there's a wrong way. But I do think that one of the most important things to remember is that at some point you do have to express the emotions. And I've been lucky enough to have a husband who's learning how to do that with me. Some days I head down to the cemetery and let out lots of emotions down there. So, But at some point, you have to talk to somebody and you have to let it out. And maybe it's a counselor, maybe it's a, a family member or a friend. I was visiting with a mom who's was really scared and struggling with her kid and didn't know where to go. I said, well, make sure you have support from people. And she said, yes, I have my safe. I have my safe friends that I can talk to about. And I said, okay, then that's good that you have people that you are comfortable sharing scary feelings sometimes with. Anyways, like I said, I am not a counselor and I'm not a therapist. Maybe my words don't mean anything to you. And that is fine with me. And maybe you are handle different periods of grief in your life in different ways. And that's okay. But those were just some of the things that I have learned is that it is okay if you need to stay in bed a day, or if you need to do something else that helps to allow yourself that time. But also at, at some point, talking about those feelings and emotions with somebody or somewhere is also very needed in order to continue to process it. So anyways, I appreciate being able to think about grief and how I handle it, which some, it just really sucks sometimes. So, but I have appreciated thinking about it. I'm so thankful for those out there who, who have 
been so supportive or who asked questions or who let me know how they do things or what has worked for them. I've really appreciated all of that. So until next time, remember to fight hard, love much.